We're learning Daf Vav Amid Aleph, and we're beginning at the bottom of Yamid Beis. Two lines from the bottom of Aleichus. So we had a brayzer that said, if you find a sada and there's a tzion around the sada, and you don't know what kind of a sada it is, why there's a tzion? So if you see trees, it's a sada shenechash bakever, because you're not allowed to plant a sada shenevad bakever. If there's no trees, then it could be a sada shenevad bakever. If you just say you don't rely on that, you have to ask a zaki and you're a talmid, and they'll tell you. So the Gemara asks. Now the Gemara's question is assuming that we don't know where the trees are planted here. The Brayzer didn't tell us. It just said if you have trees. So then it's a sada shenechash bakever, because otherwise you wouldn't plant trees. Let's say the trees are in the middle. How do you say if the trees are in the middle, the entire sada is nechash bakever? Let's be chashash. The trees are in the middle. And that's because in the middle, there was no grave. They knew that there was no suffix there. They planted trees there. They plowed and planted trees. But bakever, where there was a suffix, where was never bakever, is miyavari. That's outside it. So how do you assume, because of the trees in the middle, that the area outside of the trees is also nechash bakever? Why should they be Rishayim and plow? Why should we assume they're Rishayim and they plowed where the grave was? Let's assume they were Tadikim. They knew the halacha. They didn't plow where there was a suffix. So in the middle, they knew there was no suffix. They plowed, they planted trees. Outside that, that's a sadish, never bekever. So the says, you're right. Kedavrul, it's got to be like Ula says in different Gemara. The trees are on the borders. So here too, we'll say the same thing. The trees are The trees are on the outside. That's our case. But the Gemara says still, same question. Maybe the Tumma is outside. Sorry, maybe the Tumma is inside, and the trees are on the outside. Meaning, again, they plowed the outside of the Sada. And why did they plow the outside? Because there was no cavern there. The inside of the Sada, where there's no trees, maybe there's no trees there because that's where there was a suffix, and they were careful not to plow. Again, people know the halacha, and they're careful not to plow over a grave. So let's assume that there's a Sada that should never be cavern. In the middle, there was no suffix. So, sorry, in the middle there was a suffix, so they left it empty. And the outside, there was a suffix, that's why they plowed it. The Gemara says, you're right, and the case must be that the trees are not in the middle, and not on the outside, the trees are all around. The trees are all around, so then, obviously, they plowed the whole area for the sake of the trees. We both say, alternatively, we could say different terrors. The trees are taka, lining the outside of the field. But where is the tzion? The tzion is outside the trees. If the tzion is outside of the trees, and the trees are lining the outside of the field within the tzion, so it must be that the trees, too, are on the ground, which was part of the suffix where the kever was never. Because because we said, you're not allowed to distance the tzion from the place where the tzion is. So not to be If we put the tzion outside, far away from where the tzion is, we're being mafsi that land. Kriyani won't go there. People won't be able to go there when they can't become tzion. And we're being mafsi the Yisrael. So the fact that there's a tzion outside the trees means that the trees must be in the area where there's a suffix. And if there's trees planted there, it means they plowed and planted trees. And it means that these people are obviously Rishayim, or weren't careful. They obviously plowed over an area, which is well the suffix of Nevin Bakever. And once we see that they plowed it over, so this could be a suffix of a, this is a sada shenechash bakever, and we assume the whole thing is a sada shenechash bakever, and Mimela, we can give it those clues. Now, that's one third. That's the kind of combo. says, no. You have to wait until you find a Zakin, a Talmud, Chacham, and you have to ask them. You can't ask anybody. You don't rely on trees. But why do you have to ask a Talmud, a Zakin? Not everybody else knows. People think they know. Everyone knows the Tzion. People really know why. People will tell you, but you can't rely on them. You have to ask a Zakin or a Talmud. So Amr Abayi, Abayi says, from here you learn that you are asking a Zakin or a Talmud, they're going to know. 
It must be that a servant of Rabbanan, the of Masaf, there's a servant of Rabbanan in Tamachachma in the city, call Mili Dimasa all of the issues in the city, all of the Allahic issues, like if there's an area that needs to be Mitzuyan and, and why it needs to be Mitzuyan, Alayam, it's on him, it's on his shoulders. He's got to be involved, he's got to make sure that it's done properly. In other words, you can ask the servant of Rabbanan because it's his responsibility, and you can assume that he's taking care of his responsibility to make a Tzion and to know exactly why there's a Tzion, and that's really all you can do. Our Rebuda says, we said this din of Tzion. So he says, for example, you find Matzah Evan Mitzionis. You find it's one Evan with a Tzion. So the Allah is, the Tumah you assume is beneath it. In other words, it's a big stone. I find a white Sid all over the top of the stone. That's a Tzion. You assume the Tumah is beneath it. The Shashi points out, even though we learned before, that the Allah is, you're not allowed to put the Tzion um, on top of the Tumah, you put it around it. That's when you're putting the Tzion on the ground. Because when you're putting it on the ground, you might not notice it until you're actually standing on top of it, it's too late. But if the tzion is on a stone, which is raised up, you'll see it from a distance. So then it's sufficient to put the tzion right on top of the stone. People will see it, and they won't come and stand on top of the stone. So if you see one stone, and there's a tzion on top of it, the tumah is beneath it, and around it is fine. Stein, if that's it, there's two stones. with a distance in between them. So, so if there's sid also between them, meaning there's, of course, sid on top of part of the stone, it is also sid on the ground between them. So then Benayim Tami, then you assume that that's also Tami. So the whole area from one stone right across to the other stone, the whole area is a big cemetery. It remains the Benayim, but if there's no sit between them, you sit on either stone, no sit between them. Benayim Tahar, you assume the ground is Tahar. The Afal got like a Kharsh, and even though the ground in between them was not plowed. So meaning it's saying over here, if you have two stones with a Tzion, you don't naturally assume that the area between them was also uh, a base of Klaris. No. If the area between them was a basic class, there would have been a tzion right across that area as well. If there's no tzion across, you automatically assume it's not. You don't need a sim that was plowed and say, oh, if it was a basic class, it wouldn't have plowed it. It must be it's not a basic class. No. You don't see anything. No reason to assume it's a basic class. In fact, the Gemara Vatana is a brisa. This is not like that. It's a brisa that says that it depends on whether it was plowed. It says, same thing, if you find one stone with a tzion, so you assume the tzion was beneath the stone. If there's two big stones with the tzion, if there is a plowed ground, if the ground between them is plowed, so then then you say it's plowed, they mustn't have plowed it, they wouldn't have plowed it if there was a basic forest there, so it must be it's tar. If there's nothing, no indication that it was plowed, you automatically assume the area between the stones was tamay. So you have a kasha. In the Bryce, it, it, it seems like automatically you assume the area between the stones is Tameh. And before, I said, no, you don't assume it. You have to have uh, Tzion there to assume it's Tameh. So Amr Papa, Papa says, the Bryce that says that you need to see that it was plowed, Hacha is talking in the case, Kesha, Sid, Shafu, Chalash, and the Sid was poured over the tops of the stones. Umarud of the kind of the kind, and it spilled over, and you have a little bit of Sid also in between them, or beginning to reach out in between them from either stone. So now we're not sure. Is this actually uh, Tzion for the middle? Or is it just like, you know, leftover extra Sid from either stone that spilled over towards the middle, a thin layer? So in such a case, then we say, if there is, it's been plowed between them. So then, so that's a simon that the area between them was plowed. There must not be a grave. They would never have plowed it. And it's Tahar. And the white stuff that you see it's on the tzion day where you can say because of the plowing, so it got folded and removed from the sides and and moved over to the middle below. But if there's no sign of any plowing in the middle, so where did this white stuff come from? Obviously, 
he on purpose when he made the tzion he spilled it over and then wanted it to reach the middle. So then you assume that's the sid debeni benihu. That's the sid from between them that's meant to be there as a tzion v'tame and the field is takatame. So that means there's three. That means there's three scenarios. If you find two stones with sid on top of either of them, so then you assume that if you if you assume, if there's two stones and there's nothing in between them, no nothing, you assume that the tumah is underneath the stones and there's nothing in between them. If you see two stones with Sid and there's Sid right across in between them, you assume that the whole area is basically Kvaras. And if you see two stones and the area, and there's a little bit of uh, something Maruda, a little bit of signs of the white in the middle, so then it depends if it was plowed or not. Amr Abiyasi says, If you find a field and one border, one side of the field, that's the north side, is it Sion there, the whole north side is a long row of Sid, Lavan. You assume that that whole area underneath the tzion is tame, but the whole sada is taira. Shnaim, if there's two sides of the field that have a tzion, let's say the north and the east side, came to meim, so you assume that those two sides right beneath them is tame, but the whole side is taira. Shleisha, and if there's three sides, the north and the east and the south, came to meim, those three sides underneath him is tame, the whole side is taira. Why is that true? Because, like we said before, these stones are, these are raised up, apparently, and the tzion, we would say, is on top of them, and that means the tumah is directly below them. And it can't be that the indication here is that the whole sada is tamay. If the indication of the tzion was the whole sada is tamay, then it wouldn't work, because people would might only realize it when they hit the tzion. Let's say somebody's coming, we said that the north and the east and the south side has a tzion. Let's say somebody comes in the west. You're only going to realize that there's a tzion when he gets to the east and he sees a tzion, and then he'll see, wow, there's a tzion on my right and on my left. I must be in the middle of a field. It's too late. Everything is tame. So that must have been a tzion just for the area beneath it. But our bow, but if all four sides are surrounded, there's a tzion on the north and south and east and west. Then I say that beneath them is tahar, and the whole sada within is tame. Why do I assume that? Because we said before, you're not marking the tzion from the makam tuma. Shalei the half seed as Eretz Yisrael. So the tzion is always right next to the makam tuma, not to be mafsi there at Yisrael. So therefore, in that case, we'll say that that's what he did. He made the tzion right around the sada exactly. The area inside is the area that's tame. The area underneath it is tar. Now, why don't I say here too that the area underneath it is tame? So Rashi says in the Ksavyad, the normal thing to do is to put the tzion just outside of the sada. Here it happens to be that there's a raised area and they could have put it on top, but they do it the way they normally did it, Mistama, and therefore the therefore we should assume it was done the normally the normal way, and actually the tumma is inside, and we can assume that even underneath the stones is is tar. And then it says Vyozin Af Alakilaim. We said in the Mishnah that on Khalamay they can go out and see if there's kilayim, and if kilayim is going, they can uproot it. Is it true that for Kilayim you go out and call them Oid? For a minute, there's a steer of the rice, so the rice that says, Hi, it's a Mishnah. Mishnah says, So the Beisden is Mashmiah, the people that they need to bring the Shkalim to the base of Mikdash. We have to bring the Karbanos from the new Shkalim. They're also Machwiz, that anybody who might have Kilayim going, take a look and see, you got to uproot it. So that's where Shkalim Adar. And then Bechamisha asked about 15 days later, Karnis and Megillah, the Krachim, the Megillah and the Krachim, obviously in Yadal and everywhere else. The Yaitzin, the Kaveh, the Sadrachim, and then they send people out, Bezdin sends people out to go to remove the thorns in the road, to repair the Rechavis, the courtyards in the streets, along with the Mikvais, to measure the Mikvais, make sure the water is 
properly filled. Voicing cold tzarkiravni do all the other tzarkiravni. U mitzayin asakvars. Also at that time on Tesvav Adar, they're mitzayin the course, They put tzunim there. Vietzalakilayim, and they go then after they announced it 15 days before that people should get rid of the kilayim. Now they go and see if people are doing it, and if not, they start uprooting it themselves. So Al Kolbanim, you see over here that on Tesvav Adar they're going out to be mitzayin kvaris and uh, to remove, remove kilayim. They're not going out on on uh, on Cholmite. What's the mission saying? Tesis points out, of course, the Gemara could have asked from um, Kilayim also. Fine. Now, it says the Gemara, what's the Teretz? Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Azar, and Rabbi Yisrael argued about the Teretz. Kind of, one said the Teretz is kind of a bachir, kind of a oh, One's for the early growing ones, bachir, the ones that grow quickly, and kind of here's for the slow bloomers, the late bloomers. In other words, you have in any given crop the ones that go earlier and later, so they would go out and test Vavadar to see and they would remove the kilayim, but that was the bakr. Those were the ones that started growing on time. But the later ones, the ones that sprout late, might actually not have come out yet, and they go on Cholomite to see them. Another the one says, similar thing, Kan B'Zoyim, Kan B'Yurak, ones for Zoyim seeds, uh, grains, ones going for Yurakos. So, Yurakos are coming later, that's in Cholomite, you're not going to see the kilayim there, and the Zoyim, the grains, is earlier already in Adar. That which we said that they don't go out is only when the nates, the beginning, you know, the sprouting out, it's not nicker yet. So we wait for that to happen, and then we go and see, and then we uprooted it if we need to have a nitsa nicker. But if we would know that the things are sprouting and there's already beginning to grow, I guess, depending on the year and the rains and whatever, that can happen earlier. But you're eating left, so you go even earlier. So in other words, you don't wait until Cholomite, just typically speaking on Cholomite, was when there would be uh, what to pull out. The nates would be there. But if it happened earlier, and we knew about it, so we would go earlier. All right. So... Now, Bezdin is sending out people to go and find perpetrators who are if you're not being careful with Kilayim, they're going to uproot them for them. So the Gemara wants to know why Why is it that you know Davkin they go? They couldn't find a better time specifically Cholamayid. They have to go. And the reason is It's because of the the wages of the workers, right? Bezdin here needs to hire workers to go and do the job. They're going to be cheaper for us. In other words, the workers are going to give us a cheaper rate if they do work in Chalamayid. Why? So the Mephash explains, well, in Chalamayid, you're not at work. So no one has what to do. So if they find any work, they'll do it and they'll even take less money. Everybody is, uh, there's a, 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 a large supply of workers and there's very little demand. So everybody will fight over that job. They can get cheap labor. So the Gemara says, I'm Rav Vid, from here you learn, from when we give them the schar, where do we give them the schar from? We give it to them We give it to them from the chumas alishka. That's where we give it to them. In other words, the money that we collected for the for the race of Migdash, for Badakabais, the money that we have Mamma stored up in the Lishka that we use for all sorts of things for Hakdish, we use it for that. Tyson says, how can we do it? Is it didn't call Lev based in Masnalem? That the, when they gave it, they gave it with the Tanai, that they could do whatever they want with it if need be. But that's where they're giving the money from. And that's why. They're trying to save money, and we're going to do it on Cholamai because we can save the money from the Lishka. Because if you think, if you would be that we give the wages we did from them, that from the people that have the Kilayim in their fields, we give the money from them, meaning to say the alternative would be that we would basically force all the perpetrators to uh, pay the money. You know, we'd go and uh, put a lien on their bank accounts and their cars, and we go over from them the money to pay. For the kilayim that these workers that we hired had to do for them, and if that's the case, my nafkulan minan minaya. What do we care about them? 
whatever the workers want, let the perpetrators pay them. If the Matthias was, we would go and collect the money from the perpetrators, so then, of course, we wouldn't be looking for cheaper labor, we wouldn't need to do it in Chalamite, we would just tell the workers, whatever you want, they'll pay you and we'll force them to pay you. So, it must be that we're paying the money from the Chumas Halishka, and since we're paying it from the Chumas Halishka, we're trying to save money, and we'd have to do it in Chalamite. Why they pay from the Chumas Halishka? Probably because they couldn't be bothered, the Tircha of having to collect the money.